0: The world is a changing. That's right. Almost overnight, the world went into a frenzy, a panic, and men and women, because those are the only two genders, feared for their lives. Major League Baseball, shut down. The NBA, on a hiatus. Music concerts, not so much lately. Schools, well, just about everyone is doing an equivalent of homeschooling right now. That's right. Even churches have closed the doors. Christians cannot gather as the people of God, even though we are commanded to do so in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, as the author writes, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. How are Christians to think biblically and have faith in pandemic times? I'm so glad you asked. Let's take this time to stop and think about it.
1: i'm thinking i'm thinking what were you thinking i'm trying to think but nothing happens didn't say anything now just think about it you're listening to stop and think about it a podcast for the christian thinker in a day when sound biblical preaching has been replaced by man-centered entertainment And the church has become increasingly anti-intellectual. This podcast will encourage believers to think biblically and theologically. So please join me as we get ready to stop and think about it.
0: All right, Glenn, we finally launched. Go ahead and ask me what we launched.
2: What? What? did we launch
0: we launched the brand new newly designed spanking hot off the press soul fishing ministries website and people can check it out right now all right glenn how many times a day do you check out the new website
2: as many times as necessary at least six
0: there you go that's pretty good number i like that i I mean i do more but you know who's counted (laughs) so i'll give you a pass all right um And so I just love the new look. Uh, There was a believer who designed it for us, and he brought us in the 90s into the modern day uh, design. 1890s. 1890s. Yeah. Maybe back to the 1500s when Luther was around. That's right. Um, But hey, um, we put a a sign on that old website (laughs) that says condemned, and we have a new one. (laughs) Yes. And although we have a few things to still update, we're going to put a store on there eventually and a few other updates. Such as our tackle box, all kinds of things to download, resources. Um, You could check out the media right now, read the daily devotions written mostly by our Kenyan prayer prince, Evans Aling or Olang. Um, And he's going to hate that I uh, shouted him out, and I'll probably get a phone call or text message Mm. because he hates when I do that. And so I do it all the more. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been having some Monday night training sessions on theology, evangelism, and apologetics, basically things. Defined in our soul fishing ministry statement. And we're currently going into week three of defending the deity of Christ. So if you're interested in joining us this Monday, send an email to info at That's info at Can you believe we're actually up to podcast number 20?
2: I I can't, I, I lost track after five. <laughs>
0: I'm just, you know, it's a blessing we made it past one.
2: Amen. <laughs> now we got to talk about the sovereignty of God, so this is like one of those things, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so very quickly, um how's things been going, right? We're in the same church, uh, you know, not physically right now, but as far as the body, how do you think things have been going concerning local the local church, our church, other churches you're hearing about dealing with the coronavirus and not meeting physically?
2: I think our church Grace Baptist is um you know, faring well in terms that we have a, a very close-knit uh, community. And so we've been trying to do the, you know, the the uh, online, right? We're doing a lot of uh, Bible studies online. We're doing prayer online. We're doing Ask the Elders. We're having uh, church services online where we have the music simulated and things like that. So I think in a way we're adapting uh, very well. I don't know what other churches are doing. And, you know, if they're not as close-knit, I think it's a, a very dangerous time for a lot of people who are like on the the, the fence spiritually. Um, I, I I just wanted to make a point, just from a uh, uh, universal church standpoint, that it's a it's a difficult time. Um, as we see some things in the news are, are troubling me a lot. Uh, the Baptist Temple Church in Greenville, they they had a drive-in service, so they're in their cars, uh, separated from each other. And they just wanted to go in the drive in and kind of hear the sermon, sing songs, and they were actually fined. The police went through issuing tickets and fining people, including the pastor. Um, and what? I, just, I just feel like it's an attack because the, you're social distance. You can't be any more distant in a car. I mean, that's whoa, what is the defeat.
0: Marijuana shops are open.
2: Yes. Planned gotta,
0: Parenthood is open.
2: Got aboard the babies.
0: <laughs> but gathering in a parking lot—that's they get fined.
2: That's dangerous. That's 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 dangerous, right? Yeah, there's Um, something to that. The only the only being in the universe that can actually reverse this with a snap of his uh, proverbial fingers is the one that we should not speak to. (laughs) Um, A second thing that's troubling Phil is uh, that you know I'm living. We live in New York. uh, Mayor De Blasio, in the the height of this, was talking about how we should still be united and don't let the virus separate us. And then he's saying um, that any church that is involving more than 10 people and they're found out he promises fines and planning to permanently halt the the religious institutions now we are we are law-abiding as christians so i had no problem with the 10 we actually as soon as we we heard that kind of stopped service and we kind of came up with the online service so that wasn't an issue but to permanently halt an institution it just seems uh excessive to me so those those are blatant attacks and and they're they're showing the disdain the they have for us as the, the people of God.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's he shut down a lot of things, but it's interesting that you could have you know marijuana shops open and abortion clinics open, but you know, uh, you know the things that are necessity along with uh, supermarkets. I, I just that those things don't seem to sit at the same table, do they?
2: I, I, I obviously um, the people of God fellowshipping staying out of trouble being along law- by the citizens having something to to carry us through as we were spending months clustered it's not it's not important
0: no that's true it's true but you know it's been a real blessing especially the prayer meetings online i think people have really started to pray more uh, biblically by praying according to the scriptures that's been one of the greatest blessings um along with the bible studies the discipleship times so we're navigating We're uh, navigating the waters that have been uh, delivered to us, and we will go through it for as long as that we need to. So now we spoke about the sovereignty of God, and we serve a sovereign God, and we have to look at this pandemic. We have to start really looking first and foremost through a proper lens. And as we did um, biblical worldview, that is the lens. It's, it's the Bible. Um, it's not the lens of the culture. It's not the lens of the politicians. Uh, they're all using, per se, the wrong lens uh, in the f- big scheme of things. All right, But here's what the scripture says as we talk about the sovereignty of God. The book of Amos, uh, chapter 3, verse 5, he says, does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it now do you think that that can absolutely apply to this pandemic
2: i i would think it's like uh chapter and verse chapter and verse nothing right? is outside of his control right nothing
0: nothing and so the hyper grace people they're having a difficult time with this right god what type of
2: pastor pastor not a, not all of us have a seminary degree what what's a, what's hyper grace
0: <laughs> so uh, hyper grace is you know god is love 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 nothing but love you know there's no judgment in god there's no wrath in god and He just all oh, love 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 i guess they missed uh, isaiah chapter 6 where it says god is holy 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 it doesn't say he's love 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 although god is love the scripture does say that mm-hmm. but it says he's thrice holy right right and so people uh, uh, again they lower uh one attribute of God and they raise others so they lower wrath and judgment and they raise up love and grace and mercy.
2: Now it, wouldn't it be appropriate to also say that it can be loving to punish?
0: Uh you have a child, right?
2: Uh yeah, and I've had to lovingly correct. <laughs> right, right. A bunch of times. Um
0: I think the Bible even says that God uh chastises, he corrects those he loves.
2: Book of Hebrews. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. And so we have to view these things from this type of pandemic or any pandemic, um, sickness, evil. We have to view these things from a sovereign God standpoint. Because if we don't, um, you know, we're going to be in big trouble because God is not a deist God. He just didn't like wind up the universe and just let it run on its own. So the same sovereignty that could stop the coronavirus, yet doesn't, is the very same sovereignty. That sustains the soul in it, and knowing this makes all the difference in the world.
2: So, so, and, and when we were we were discussing this, and I'm thinking about we're going to talk about sovereignty of God in this COVID nineteen atmosphere. The question that was coming to me, and and I know we we're pretty much on the same part, but I wanted you to just like lay it out for the listeners. Are we saying that God is doing this for some, you know? specific reason that we
0: know of god is doing this for the specific reason of his own glory we could say that absolutely um is he punishing i i I, maybe i mean i don't know Mm. um because and and this is the reason because god is all-knowing right he's all governing all wise and he is sovereignly over every molecule in the universe and therefore he's sovereign over every coronavirus molecule. So it's not like this thing just happened and it like happened on his watch, but, you know, he has no control over it. I mean, he does have control over it. He controls everything. Um, And again, we don't serve a D as God like Thomas Jefferson believed in, you know, just kind of wind up the clock and let the world run on its own. So it's good news because we have this, the secret of experiencing the sweetness of God in bitter times. And so when God decides for a thing to happen, it happens. It's part of the very essence of what it means to be God. He says, I will accomplish all my purpose in Isaiah 46. So God doesn't just declare what future events will happen. He makes things happen, which means as Job learned from hard experience, no purpose of yours can be thwarted in Job 42 too. Or as Nebuchadnezzar learned from his merciful humiliation, no one could stay the hand of the Lord, Daniel 4, 35. And also the psalmist said, whatever the Lord pleases, he does. And the apostle Paul said, God works all things according to the counsel of his will and all things, not some things, and according to his will, not according to our will or forces outside of himself. Does everything according to his own will.
2: Well, well I'm glad you answered that because you're 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 very, you're much more diplomatic than me. And I think it, I know people who are listening to the podcast are probably like, well, I wanted a, a, a definite answer, but I think it was the right answer to say it's according to what God has decided. I think people like the, the Westboro Baptist church, who, uh, whenever something bad happens says, God is punishing X, Y, I, we don't know. Right. We don't know what the purposes are and it can be multifaceted. So even if it was that specific thing, if, if, it, if, 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 in the process of this happening, I personally am inconvenienced. And I think to myself, oh, maybe it's the sin I committed last week. Right. Maybe. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. The point is, God can do it. And I think this th- one of the things about sovereignty that people seem to neglect or forget about is that the fact that He is sovereign also lets Him do what He wants. It's not He's sovereign, but He has to then answer to us to get our approval on His decisions. It's, it's, uh, He can do what he wants. And I think people try to combine the love to constrain him to say, well, okay, because he's love, right? He has an attribute of love. That means his sovereign decisions cannot be anything that I don't deem loving.
0: Right, because a loving God would never inflict pain on anyone like his son.
2: Yes, exactly, right?
0: That one's always a problem, isn't it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so that's what I'm saying. I think it's just... Sovereignty in and of itself means that you have supreme power. So, take out good and bad out of it, which which we're not capable of understanding anyway. Right. He's a, he's able to do it. I think I think that's the that's the more biblical. That's the clearer answer than for you and me to sit down and try to calculate what evil things New York has done. Which you can say that about any place in any location. Um, but God, we we have to accept as believers that God is allowed to do. With his creation, what he wills to do. We we know that all things work out to good according to what he has purposed. Yes. So we have that, that sanctity, but it's going to all work out. Sure. Yeah. He's
0: going to navigate everything according to his will. I was listening to Paul Washer, and he was telling me about some kind of irrigation systems. And so the water would flow through, and to get it into the fields to irrigate the crops, um... It moved, but then the farmers they would have like these levees and and systems, and they would open one and shut another one. So they, you know, God willed for the water to 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 run right, and they just kind of navigated things uh, according to the good, if you will, of the crops. And so God navigates everything in the universe mm-hmm. so that He is glorified and for the good of His people, right? right? So. Even when Stephen died and he was stoned to death, what resulted in that was the salvation of Saul of Tarshish. And he went from being a murderer to being a missionary. But I want to highlight this one because I think that this is like absolutely one of the perfect passages of scripture that, uh, that kind of somewhat parallels what we're facing right now. Uh, In the book of Numbers, chapter 21, um, it says, from Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient on the way. Because, you know, people never become impatient. Of course not. Right? Yeah, try driving to New York City. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the people spoke against God and Moses. Of course, that never happens now, right? No. People don't speak against preachers, and they don't speak against God. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Now, they just said there was no food, and now they say we loathe the food. So they're complaining about the food that was given to them, the manna that came down. Now, it says, then the Lord sent fluffy little bunnies, right? No.
2: Oh, that's my favorite (laughs) part of the story.
0: (laughs) Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and whose people? His people. And they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. Now, this is God being sovereign, right? Now, and the people came to Moses and said, we've sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. So we see God sending something that harmed and then creating the means to heal. One
2: thing that I love about this uh, story, about this thing, is that he uh, he doesn't take the serpents away. Mm, right. Interesting. He, he doesn't countermand himself. He doesn't say, "Yeah, you know, I thought about it, and I'm a loving God, hyper grace, and ah, maybe I shouldn't send the serpents." He's like, "No, no, no. The serpents were right, but those who have the, the 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 humbleness of spirit to look on the serpent that I send, the bronze serpent that's made, they will they will they will be bitten and not die." Right. You know. Right.
0: And so the people had to trust in God
2: exactly
0: because i mean if you get bitten and you look at something like why would you get better from that
2: exactly yeah <laughs> exactly and, and and another thing that i love about this you picked a good verse man is i try <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 also in john john 3 right and that's how christ says same way that happened god sent a serpent which was justified and then he provided the way out just like how we are all justly sinful, evil, deserve hell and and damnation and deserve to be punished by God, he then sent his son, who he put on a cross and became an example for us.
0: Yes, we have all been bitten by the fiery serpent of sin, Mm -hmm. and the venom of God's wrath has went all throughout our lives. Romans 1 tells us the wrath of God was abiding upon us presently, not future, presently, and I like what you pointed to in John chapter three, it says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now, for those of you that used to sing the song, like I did lift Jesus higher, uh, that comes from John chapter three. And it was not about praise. It was about the crucifixion and all those who fixed their gaze upon the serpent in the old Testament were healed. And all those who fixed their gaze upon the cross of Christ are healed from their sin. Now, it's not just looking at a a cross hanging around someone's neck or hanging around someone's wall, but it's about looking to Christ alone for your salvation because he was lifted up in the same way that the serpent was lifted up, but he was lifted up on a cross, and he paid the penalty for the sting of death that bit the people of God.
2: And, and and I'm thinking about that. That's that's a that's a great point because another question someone might ask, right? Well, why are believers going through this? Or um, why are if, if God is punishing somebody, why is everybody getting the brunt of this? And and I think this answers the question well is that we're all under the condemnation of sin. You know, the people in, in, in the time of Moses that you just referenced, they had committed a sin. God sends the serpent, but the faith of the people involved was kind of revealed. And I think in a sense, well, how are we dealing with this tragedy, right? How are we dealing with our lives being completely uprooted and disrupted? Are we having a greater faith, a greater reliance on God? There or are, are go. we grumbling, complaining, you know, woe is me, you know, all these different things, which are legitimate complaints, but it's it's revealing that our heart is not with 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 God. It's not with Christ. Yes. It's not with His sovereignty.
0: Right now, let me flip the coin to the other side. Let's look at it from the other angle. Why does anything good ever happen to us? Why does God do anything good in our lives? Ever He gives us He gives us clean air. He gives us the sun. He gives us the moon. He gives us food. We never see the righteous begging for bread. I mean, He cares for us. How could God, knowing what we thought about, not as vodi Bakum said, not choke us in our sleep exactly, for just one thought of wickedness
2: mm.
0: but but yet he doesn't do that, and so the kindness of God, no one ever complains about that. I mean, if God were just to let sin run its this rampant pace all around the world. I mean, everything would be doom and gloom and gray. There would be no sunsets. There'd be nothing loving. There'd be no kindness. You know, it would just be weeds and thistles all over the planet.
2: Exactly, Phil. If we can just kind of summarize this podcast, I think you started off great. We need to have a different perspective, a biblical perspective. Yes. And and as bad as things are, in comparison to what, right? We need to look at it from a biblical long view. And then, and then I think everything kind of comes into perspective. And yeah, it's not as bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's, it's, it's within the realm of God's control. Once again, sovereignty is not just about this theological term that we want to teach you, but it's going to really help you because if you know that God is in control of it, why, what are we afraid of?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I heard one guy, he said, um, why did this have to happen in our generation? So it's okay if it happens to another generation. Next so generation is okay too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It can happen to our kids and grandkids, but don't <laughs> let it happen to me. Right. You know. Right, right. And and so it's like, you know, it, it's okay if if other people get sick, just don't let me get sick. Um, you know, and and so even the the way people process this normally is just very selfish. Everything is about self-preservation, this mindset of survival of the fittest. But really, we have a God in heaven who is sovereign over every molecule molecule in the universe, and we could trust that He knows exactly what He's doing with this p- pandemic.
2: I, and I, I think there's somebody's sovereignty that's getting beat up right now, <laughs> and it ain't God, right? It's man, right? Yes, we, we are learning how little control we have over anything.
0: Oh man, it's so frustrated. You know, they just they can't they 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 just can't put it in their hands and manipulate it like with a joystick. They just can't control it. And man is like, doesn't know what to do. So everybody just stay put and stay inside till we're trying to figure something out. We're going to try this, try that, blame this person, blame that person. And listen, there might be a cure. And, you know, but, um, you know, one of the things that I found interesting and writing a couple articles on this uh, called uh, Faith in Plague Times. Very similar to the podcast name, "Faith in Pandemic Times," um, was what happened in the time of Martin Luther.
2: Now, now, and, now, Phil, I know I mentioned eighteen uh, nineties, but really, we're going back that far.
0: We go, we going back further. <laughs> we going back even further. Uh, we have to go all the way back to around the thirteen hundreds. So Solomon said that there's nothing new under the sun, and uh, of course, this is. Not new, because um, these things have happened in the past. And like I just said, this happened around the 1300s. The word pandemic actually means pertaining to all people. It's a Greek word. And yeah, pandemics are usually caused by a newly infectious agent that is capable of spreading rapidly. And so the death toll in a pandemic is generally higher than an epidemic, in case you were wondering about the differences. (laughs) That's right. And so, um, obviously, the coronavirus has changed the way we look at American life all around the globe. And, but a similar pestilence came knocking on the door of the reformers in their day. And how did they navigate by faith to minister to others during the troubled waters? So are you familiar with the Black Plague? Yes, I am. Okay. So the Black Plague was also known as the Bubonic Plague. Some people disagree, but uh, I've seen a lot more uh, support that they were exactly the same thing. It was an extremely severe and harmful plague in its effects. It was an I mean, it was just like an awful disease that killed its victims very quickly and very painfully, and it caused particularly high fevers and infected its victims with large painful boils or boo-boos from swollen lymph nodes, which maybe they're similar to what happened in Job chapter 2 verse 7 and Job 19 verses 13 through 27. Highly contagious and left a path of devastation with a high mortality rate. In other words, the number of deaths in a year per thousand of t- a total population. So it kind of sounds pretty similar to what we're dealing with now, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. I I, I symptoms, think maybe. Yeah. Not the yeah. Oil. And, it, and it, it was widespread. Um, Very quickly. At, at least at least initially we didn't know that much about it in this time. They didn't really know know much about it for, for a while. Right? They, right. they, It took them a. a Years to kind of discover what the that it was, it was, uh believe, rats that were, were spreading it. And then it was, they were unhygienic. So it's similar. It's yep. the same thing about keeping clean and, and, and making sure we're separating um the disease from the undiseased. So it's kind of a similar thing where, yes. where you don't know. I think one of the main things is you don't know. So you're going to visit someone who's sick. Right. And you don't know how it's being transmitted and so you don't know if it's just standing there being in the same room touching them. And right. so it, this fear that we all have now about not who who is asymptomatic, not symptomatic is, is kind of the same thing with even we're talking about PPEs, right? Personal protection equipment. <laughs> they had it. They didn't have any.
0: Using all these fancy buzzwords, man, with your engineeringness. <laughs> but um yeah, and here's another similarity. So the coronavirus is said to have come from what country?
2: Uh, I believe it's uh, Wuhan, China.
0: Right. Oh, if you say that, you're racist. <laughs> that's right. That's why
2: I made sure to say the Wuhan first.
0: There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. And the Black Plague was believed to be spread by Oriental rat fleas, as you said, that would survive on the blood of black rats, which lived on merchant ships, and the rats were transported 3,728 miles into the heart of Europe. The very bacteria that caused bubonic plague was transmitted by a single flea bite, and when the outbreak occurred and many rodents died, the hungry fleas sought out other sources of blood, therefore they turned to other animals and people that came into contact where the dead rodents lived. Well, where they died. And some of the medical field have stated that the plague also spread from human to human, just as the coronavirus is currently spreading. And so it swept across Central Asia, around China in the 1320s, and then it made its way into the heart of Europe. It actually killed 20 to 30 million people.
2: That's a lot of people.
0: It wiped out a third of the population. Yes, he did. He did. And so what's interesting is in the thirteen hundreds, the plague receded, but then um around the between the fourteenth and seventeenth century, uh, it recurred. And the plague receded. But then centuries later, according to Wikipedia, the plague reared its ugly head again to haunt Europe and the Mediterranean throughout the fourteenth and the seventeenth centuries. And one of those reoccurrences came to Wittenberg in the summer of fifteen twenty seven. The home of one Martin Luther, and so many citizens they fled for their lives. However, the question was asked: Was it permissible for Christians to flee for their lives, or should they stay and weather the plague?
2: That's interesting.
0: That's good. I mean, it's it's, it's a fair question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. The world-renowned reformer Martin Luther wrote a fascinating pamphlet entitled, Whether One May Flee from a Deadly Plague as a Black Plague Had Struck Luther's City of Wittenberg. And its wisdom proves to be helpful to Christians right now facing the pandemic in our 21st century. It was full of practical wisdom on how to respond from the building of hospitals in such a way to protect the medical staff as they served those who were suffering from the plague. And guess what he wrote, Glenn?
2: Run as fast as you can, as far as you can.
0: No, he wrote a track, wow. and Luther addressed those with the strong conviction that one should never flee because the plague is God's judgment for our sins.
2: Wow. He knew wow, the
0: words of Amos 3 5 and 6 Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? It pays to know the scriptures, right? Christians right. should humbly stand and accept God's will at all times and respond with godly sorrow and repentance. He knew that not all were equally strong in faith, and he wrote about the importance of caring for one's neighbor and taking the necessary steps to help and protect others, and he emphasized the giftiveness of serving. Now, you're a deacon, so your whole role is all about serving in the local church. Morning, noon, and night. That's right. That One of the many reasons we love you, and <laughs> we chose you as a deacon.
2: Yeah, and, 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 and I think you know obviously pastors as well they have to have that that heart um they they're they're the number one servants right um yeah, and I think one might ask, well why does that matter? okay, Luther did that but once again, he used scripture um he, he you know and i I'm pretty sure that for the people who he who he stayed and helped, they were able to to see a a, a part of God that they probably never would have seen. Sure. Right? Because sure. this man was willing to risk his life. He's not a medical doctor, right? To stay nope. and, and minister to them, to serve them in whatever capacity he could do. And they said, hey, th- if that man believes there's a God and he's acting that way, I need to really rethink my thoughts on God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and Luther wrote toward the end in his pamphlet, listen to what he said. Therefore, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us, praying for God's merciful protection of us all is where we must begin. Mm. Luther continued with practical steps stating, then I shall fumigate as he states his house, the yard and the street. I'm not sure what fumigating entailed in the 16th century, but whatever it was, Luther was advocating for it. And I have to imagine and some, it was some kind of way of disinfecting the aforementioned areas.
2: Some old school Lysol.
0: <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, some of that old German Lysol. He'll help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. He said, I'll avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perhaps perchance infect and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. So um, he had some practical uh, matters that he was dealing with and some practical approaches through the scriptures.
2: And and, and before you even get moving on that what the thing that struck me with what he did he's not saying you have this invisible armor around you as christian and you just walk into that hospital and you walk into the covid wing and you just start touching no he didn't say he said look i'm going to do all the practical steps that i have at my disposal which is fumigating to the best of my ability airing out to the best of my ability um abstaining from going to let's say in the modern time now with this crisis going to a nursing home with right. a lot of elderly people like I'm going to avoid doing that right, right. i'm going to make sure i keep my wash my hands and wipe down the house and you know wear a mask but i'm but i'm but i'm going to go where i'm needed yes and and i just think it's important that he he like that kind of helps you because if i if i just hear that he did that without knowing the particulars i might say oh hey you know luther was faithful and he wasn't afraid of any virus or any plague no no he he was a human being like us he just served a a, a god who was sovereign
0: yeah yeah, you know, and and he didn't feel it was necessarily wrong to flee from death as King Saul had fled from Saul and Absalom, I'm mm-hmm. um, sorry, as David fled from Saul and Absalom, but that one's community and family responsibilities first must be considered. So in order to leave, one was required to make sure his neighbors were cared for. Love your neighbor is something Luther believed, lived by, and called for others to put into action without telling them exactly how to apply that to their lives. Mm. But now, did he think the exact same thing for ministers and civil servants and political figures? So um, it was interesting because Luther's prince, Elector John, ordered Luther to depart immediately to spare his own life, but Luther chose to remain behind with his pregnant wife and children. (laughs) So he was surrounded by the disease and suffering victims, but he chose to minister to many who were stricken, and the wife of Mayor Tillo Dean virtually died in Luther's arms, and he stood boldly in the gap, along with many others, to minister hope by the Word of God in a desperate situation. Even while trying not to contract the plague for himself and his own family, he asserted that one should be obvious that especially people in leadership roles like pastors, deacons, mayors, judges, and physicians should remain in the community until the crisis has passed. Especially pastors must be like the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Wow. Mm -hmm. But wait, let me just add this other part. Luther strongly stated, just as it would be sinful for parents to abandon their children or someone to flee if a family member depends on them, the same applies to our neighbors. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are to be certain that they are also free from harm. So, I mean, just imagine, you're, you're leaving and you tell your neighbor, <laughs> well, forget you, right? And so beyond this, however, seeking to save one's life was natural and biblically allowable as God has put eternity into man's hearts, Ecclesiastes 3.11. Luther was not a fatalist, and he also believed in the use of medicine. Mm. Now, did you hear about, I forgot his name, maybe Copeland, uh, one of these charlatans out there, uh, how he tried to get rid of Copeland? Covid
2: nineteen? No, no. How did he? How did he do it?
0: Oh man! Listen to the sound. He tried to blow it away. Uh, and guess what? Did it work? Uh, is it gone? <laughs> oh, oh! I, I thought it's from
2: him personally. From the whole. Okay, I didn't. I, nope, I don't. I don't yeah. think that's gonna work.
0: Yes, and a and a major. Um, Uh, faith healing uh, conference was canceled (laughs) because of the coronavirus. Um, These charlatans, I mean, they're a dime a dozen. And this just exposes them for the sin uh, that's within them and the false theology. And I did appreciate, and maybe we can put a link to it, of uh, he was a non-Christian, the Jamaican guy who was calling out the faith healers that you sent me.
2: Now, I don't know if everyone's going to understand what he's saying, but the the basic gist of it was, and this is a non-believer, and I felt uncomfortable even sharing it just because, you know, it was overly harsh against Christians in general, but he made a great point. He said, where where are the faith healers? Where are the people who, you know, with the prayer rags? I watch videos, that Phil, I know you have as well, where they have the prayer rag, and they're selling it, and they're going to mail it through the mail, and that prayer rag is going to heal you. Well, where is that now? Why is there not... Uh, A faith healer saying, hey, I'll send you the the prayer rag and you will be healed immediately from COVID-19. Where are the people walking around putting hands on them to 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 do that? Right. And, and you know, I had to stop and I had to say, hey, I have I have no logical counter argument to this.
0: Oh, pick me. I know what they did. (laughs) They kept the prayer rags. And the money that was sent to buy the prayer rags, and they put the prayer rags over their mouth, and they used them as masks.
2: Oh, there we go. <laughs> prayer masks. Something, you know. <laughs> but, you know, but like I said, and I think, yeah, where are they, right? No, no, no. But those of us who truly worship God, who truly love God, who are, who are the children of God, what do we do? We don't flee. We're there to help our neighbors, right? We yes. secure them. We make sure that they're okay. We go and we minister to them. We still find ways to evangelize and to, to spread the word of God. Why? Because it's not a fad or a fake thing or something where we're, you know, we're not going around saying, okay, I'm a Christian. I'm exempt from the illness. It's just that, hey, I know where I'm going to go. You know, I, I'm confident in that.
0: So concerning one's demeanor, Luther made it plain that fear of death was the devil's work and that no Christian should bend to its will. You hear that, Christian? You should not fear death as the devil's work because God is in control of all things. And Christ's glorious resurrection should equip and encourage all believers to be fearless in the face of death and the grave. We, we have a risen Savior. We have an empty tomb. Right. At the same Woo.
2: time, we got to be wise. Yes. But we can't let the the fear control us being godly.
0: Right. Like when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness in Matthew 4, and I believe Luke 4, you know, and he said, you know, uh, jump off, <laughs> jump off the pinnacle. And then, uh, you know, God is going to catch you. Uh, he won't, you know, let your foot be dashed against the stone. The angels will give charge over you. He twisted scripture, of course. And Jesus said, you know, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So we're not saying like walk into the middle of of an infected coronavirus hospital, take off your mask and breathe in deeply. You know, it's not it's not what we're saying. Exactly. Um, right. Right. And so, but Luther realized that some were stronger in their faith with, than others, and therefore, while some may choose to go boldly into the fire of danger. Expecting great reward from the Lord after their service, others may be weaker and may flee in a normal way, and and he didn't condemn anybody for doing that. So there's people that are staying inside. Uh, there's some people they're going out preaching. They're going out handing out gospel tracts.
2: And and, and 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 once again, it, it's not everyone's cup of tea. But I'm saying you can simply call. Before this uh, podcast started, one of our church members was calling me. I had to tell him I'm working on the podcast at the moment. But they're calling saying, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. I just want to make sure you're doing okay. That's what we're talking about. Let's not make it, you know, like Luther level where he's going in the midst of everything. Uh, We have a different time where we have doctors. We have a lot of um, uh, other people who are able to deal with the medical side. Sure. But at the same time, I know people who are not believers, who are so fearful, they're so consumed by this that they can't even call other people to see how they're doing, right? I don't want us to be in that realm. I want us to be saying, okay, dangerous, possible ability, I might die, worried about my family. I wonder how brother and sister so-and-so are doing. Let me reach out to them. Let me know them how I'm doing. That process, some people are not doing it because they're fearful,
0: right? Right. Yeah, that's that's true, because we know something in this day and age that Luther didn't know, Mm. per se, even though he was fumigating. Uh, We have germ therapy. Yeah. So, you know, we understand germs and we have microscopes to put them under. And so, you know, we understand more, but still we can't stop it, just like Luther couldn't stop it. What? (laughs) With all of our fancy technology, we can't just, you know, all of a sudden, you know, just take a syringe and say, here's the answer. Boom. No, I got to
2: disagree. I, we, I was a, I was with you 100%. And now you're saying I have no control over this? I mean, social distance, washing my hands, where, I, I have no control?
0: No control. And so and, it, I think it was Louis Pasteur, who was a Christian, mm. uh, discovered uh, germ therapy, and his discovery greatly enhanced our understanding of how diseases live and are spread, mm. which has led to continued medical research and even modern hospitals. But mm. ultimately... Luther left all his personal convictions on whether to flee or to leave or to stay uh, to each individual in light of the word of God. And serious times should always be looked upon uh, through the lens of God's word. And so let me ask you a couple questions. Are you fearful during this time or are you trusting by faith? Let me ask you another question. Are you using wisdom coupled with compassion? Here's another one. How are you using this tremendous God-ordained, God-decreed opportunity to display the truth and love of Christ in service to your neighbors? Are you calling church people more? Are you praying with people more? Are you checking in on people more? I think I was listening to Vodi Bacham. He said, you know, uh, member care uh, uh, has increased uh, uh, with pastors and deacons and church leaders uh, all over the place. We have a different level of member care now. And uh, I think that's a level that uh, we should stay at. And so we're learning tremendous things through this plague. Uh, I failed to mention before, I believe it was Planned Parenthood lost 20 to $32 million. Yes. This plague.
2: Amen. Woo! Amen. <laughs>
0: right? That's a whole lot of ladies. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a whole, well, and, and, and little boys that are not dying. Amen. And uh, just as an aside, I just saw the movie Unplanned twice once yesterday once today uh definitely highly recommend it oh but god used this plague and yes people are dying and some mm. people are getting sick but some people are dying mm. and 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 like millions of babies are being saved right so you know we don't think that god can bring anything good out of something but remember when they said that jesus can anything good come out of Latin nazareth can anything good come out of the coronavirus yes it can
2: amen amen why why is that because God is sovereign.
0: Because God is sovereign. He sent it. He's in control of it. Again, we're not saying that He sent it necessarily to chastise and punish, but again, we can't say He didn't. Just yeah. we, we don't know. Yeah. Right? But, but there's definitely a purpose. And let me ask you one other question How are you using this as a springboard to minister the gospel to those that have a much greater disease? We mentioned it before. They're bitten by the fiery serpent. And sin, the venom of sin, is running all throughout their lives with absolutely no hope um, from the government, the environmentalists, the politicians, the educators. Their more fearful enemy is God himself, the wrath of God, abiding upon them presently. Are you seeking... To win the loss to Christ. And, and again, when we say that, I know we're not the Savior. We can't you know, win them in that respect. Uh, we can only go out. But the Bible does say, he who wins souls is wise. And so we go out to the lost we, and we share the gospel with them. And God is the Savior. He does the saving. He opened the heart of Lydia because she had the disease of sin upon her and he saved her. And when you speak... how do you know that God might not open the heart of a Lydia in your life and that that person might not come to know Christ?
2: Mm, Yeah, yeah, I definitely would agree with that, yeah.
0: So, Glenn, do you have any other further practical uh, advice that you would want to leave with our listeners?
2: Yeah, I I mean, look, wisdom number one, right? Let's follow the laws of the states, of the areas that you're in, even though I don't agree with a lot of the laws, Romans thirteen, and a, lot of, and a lot of the restrictions God has placed, Him being sovereign has placed these leaders in authority over us. Doesn't mean we agree with everything that they do. If you're yes. able to to disagree with them in a lawful way, do that. But yes. um, for 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 the laws that they've placed, let's follow them. Yep. Two, I, I would, I would, I would, you know, this is also a good time if you have children, if you have young family members, to kind of sit them down and say, hey. This is what it is. This is you know why we have death. This is the origin of death. You know, um, you're probably hearing about a lot of this going on right now, and then use it as an as a, a point to teach about God and the gospel. What's going on? Yes. And 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 I just think, and I think also, we just got to make a concerted effort to think about our neighbors. I think you said it a couple times, Phil. Just reach out, call unbelievers too. Just just make it a practice to kind of be available. Um, With wisdom for everyone around you. So they know that, hey, I may not like everything that Phil says, but he was there for me when it was the lowest part point. And yes. so when when you may not be able to tell them the gospel now, but, but when this is all done and over, they're going to say, "Hey, that's a genuine guy. That's a genuine lady." You know what? I'm going to spend an hour and listen to them talking about this God that I don't really care about. And so th- that's my practical idea. That this is how you can kind of and anybody can do this. You don't have to, it doesn't have to, you don't have to be a deacon or a pastor or an evangelist or a street evangelist. You just you just have to be Someone who loves Christ and loves his neighbor like God has commanded us to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and you can just call up family and say, hey, how can I pray for you? Find out who's sick. Pray Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Find out who's needy, who's lost their job. Call up a restaurant. Send them food.
2: Yeah. Send them
0: non-believer food who you know lost their job and they can't afford food right now. They're hurt. Yeah. Like you said, Glenn, they're going to remember when they were at their lowest point, who was there for them.
2: Mm-hmm. And right? once again, don't do it because I said that Do right. it because God has commanded us to love our neighbor
0: Yes, neighbors. absolutely That's got to be the driving point It's it's not like, oh, you know Now you might say, oh man, they gave me a good idea But it's got to come from a heart that desires mm-hmm. to do that And love your neighbor as you love yourself If you were without a job I mean, wouldn't you appreciate if, if a pizza showed up on your doorstep? Amen You know, with gloves and a mask, of course, at this time yeah. But, you know, nevertheless uh, I mean, it's loving. It's kind. Uh, email people. Find out their needs. Uh, pray for people. Care for people in the church. Uh, just think of the elderly in your church. What if they live alone? Who are they talking to right now? Right. Um. You know, maybe they don't. They don't have all the technology, but they can answer the phone. You can call them up and pray with them. Uh, what about the singles? Uh, they're by themselves. Uh, so minister and uh, parents use this time. Catechize your children Have family worship together uh, Use this time Try to do it daily 10 oh. minutes in the morning 10 minutes at night uh, Be consistent with it Memorize scripture together as a family I mean use this time Redeem the time for the glory of God If you don't have family worship Start a practice of family worship If you don't know what to do on that You can email me again at info At And we can talk about that you know, give you some practical helps from that and some practical resources. Amen. Amen. Let me close with a quote and we're going to give Thomas Brooks the last word. And here's what he said. Hope can see heaven through the thickest clouds. Wow. Can you see heaven through the thick clouds of this pandemic? Can Can you look to the hills From whence comes your help, your help comes from the Lord. Can you fix your eyes upon Christ, the author and perfecter of your faith, even during this time? We're going to continue to bring more relevant truths that speaks to all kinds of things happening in our culture. Because as Spurgeon said, sickness may deprive us of a thousand comforts, but there is nothing that could separate us from the love of God. Again, check out our website, www.soulfishingministries.org. If you'd like to become a monthly donor, we'd greatly appreciate that. We certainly greatly need it.
2: And if you can pray for us and the ministry, that would also be very helpful.
0: Well, thank you for taking this time to stop and think about it.
1: If you would like to contact us, please email us at stopandthinkcrew at gmail.com. You could also visit our website at www.stopandthinkpodcast.com. This podcast is listener supported by generous people like you. You can give a tax deductible donation at our affiliate ministry at www.soulfishingministries.org and click on our donate link to give securely through PayPal. Thank you for listening to Stop and Think About It.